Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Thought the hot take started at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN with First Take. We're beating him to the punch. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. More NBA talk with Jackie McMullen coming up in 10 minutes. She MVP. was covered. Yeah. MVP. LeBron was, uh, let's just say, not so up. He was pretty upset over the weekend when he didn't get that MVP. If you're talking NBA real quick. He, I think he was more mad at the vote, get, the way they laid out the votes. I think he only got 16 out of 16. What, what 101? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Doesn't he, need he, any more motivation at he, this he, point. He, he did bring up a really good point. I think he was talking about 2012, 2013, where Marcus Saul won Defensive Player of the Year in the league. But then when they came out with their all-defensive team, he Marcus Saul made second team. Oh, second team. <laughs> second team, right? So, he, and, and the league has changed, you know, their, their rulings on a lot of these different things. But I think Brown was just talking about it's always been a moving target and something that they never had like a final stamp about this is where it is. So he can't figure it out, which, look, that's why I think they should just do it should be one MVP. And you should take into account all the way up until the finals. Yeah, you, one, yeah let there be a finals MVP. But let's, let's see the entire body of work before we say who's MVP. Because I've never seen somebody not in the playoffs win the MVP, right? So might as well just let it run through the playoffs. Yeah. Might as well. It just makes you look at things very differently. Right, especially putting more weight on the biggest games of the season. We'll talk to Jackie McMullen coming up here in just about eight minutes. She has covered so many Lakers-Celtics finals over the years, and perhaps that's where we're heading, although right now Boston has a little bit of ground to make up to make that a reality. From the NBA's MVP, Giannis, maybe it should have been LeBron, to the NFL's MVP, you just heard us a couple minutes ago. We had Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, 12 years in the league as a quarterback, come on and essentially say, Josh Allen for MVP. Jay made him stop in his tracks and just repeated because everybody was kind of surprised to hear He doubled down and said, Allen, absolutely. Just so you know, Allen threw for 312 yards, two touchdowns in week one, 417 yards and four touchdowns yesterday. Still no picks on the season. Speaking of doubling down, you guys are doubling in down and definitely saying it's not Josh Allen. It's Russell Wilson. Well, I do want to give flowers to Josh Allen for somebody that's considered to be inefficient as the way he throws the ball. I mean, the fact that he has no interceptions and they threw for the game he did the other day. Tremendous start for him. I really do think that this team, this Bills team, can be very, very good, especially in the AFC East. But I'm not ready to say I'm going to put him in the MVP category yet, considering they played against the Jets and the Dolphins. I want to see them play against a high-quality uh, a high quality competition, whereas I've seen Russell Wilson playing against the last two teams he's played against, and I've seen him dominate, dominate. Well, when I look at what Russell Wilson is doing for Seattle, many years Seattle and Pete Carroll's team was led by the defense. It has now shifted to Russell Wilson. They've gone out and gotten Greg Olson tied in for him from Carolina to give him a weapon. They drafted Metcalf. Lockett is back healthy. So when you start to look at what Russell's able to do against not only on the road in Atlanta with a decent defense and then come back and pretty much just shred New England, five touchdowns to five different receivers. You know, Josh Allen is cool. As I like to say in this situation, it's cute right now. It's very cute. It's adorable. It looks good. They beat the Jets and the Dolphins. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. He's a good quarterback. But he's not at the same level as Russell Wilson is right now. And I just – but Dan's take is Dan's take. If that's what he feels, Dan feels that way. I don't know how many people around the National Football League would agree with Dan, even though it's only two games into the season – I don't know that Josh Allen continues this and keeps this up as time goes by. 
can he beat the New England Patriots? We know he can beat the Dolphins, and we know he can beat the Jets. Can he beat well, the New England Patriots? Here we go. They play against the Rams next, then at Las Vegas, the Raiders, then at Titans, and then versus the Chiefs. So we'll mm-hmm. find out next four games. That's a big-time stretch. Let's find out. That's a big-time stretch. Big-time stretch for the Cowboys, too. Key mentioned earlier this morning, had they lost that game yesterday to the Falcons, so you lose to the Rams, you lose to Atlanta. Let's just say they had lost to Atlanta. Then you're going to Seattle, and 0-3 starts certainly seems in the offing. Instead, they rally to win. The Falcons had 39 points, no turnovers. NFL teams were, listen to this, guys, 440, 440 and oh. Entering Sunday when scoring 39 points with no turnovers since 1933. Wow. That's when they first started tabulating turnovers and tracking I wasn't them. around then. <laughs> no. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. All streaks must come to an end, and that it did. You were talking about Josh Allen. We'll find out how good Josh Allen is. There still seems to be a question, according to many, just how good Dak Prescott is as he's betting on himself, looking for that gigantic contract. And after his incredible performance yesterday – aided by the onside kick. Ezekiel Elliott wanted to let people know just how good this dude is. No matter what the score is, Dak always has that same mentality that uh, we're going to be able to come back and, and uh, win that game. He's, and he's going to lead us to come back and do that. And um, just for him to go out there and, and be as clutch as he was and make the plays he, he made, um, him and the receivers, uh, you know, special. And I think that this is the first time that on full display that Dak Prescott has – shown Jerry Jones, teammates, people that are watching, analysts, that he can bring a team from behind like that in a crucial situation. And the reason it becomes crucial, much like you said, Z, 0-2, going to Seattle, very could be, very well could be 0-3. This is the first time that he's done that. And early on, beginning of the season, as we talked about that Prescott's contract situation and everything, I always look at it, when we're speaking to him about what the owners are thinking, I try to put myself in their mind to be able to say, okay, this is the reason why they did not pay him because they want to see more of what we saw yesterday and less of what we've seen previously. That is kind of why they, in my opinion, stalled on paying him. He's always been good. There's nothing, you know, I've gone back and forth with Dan Orlowski about Carson Wentz or him or Jared Goff. And he's always picked the other guys over that Prescott. I'm like, no, you got it all wrong. But when you start talking about this big money contract stuff, these owners, even though Deshaun Watson was able to get his money from the Houston Texans, that's Houston Texans, different than the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys ownership group mindset is way different. They want to see him do what he did last night or yesterday more in the future before they can make a determination and a decision, which sounds crazy, to, to pay him $40 million. They just want to mm. see more where people look at Houston and what they did for Deshaun and saying, well, Deshaun hadn't done this. He hadn't played in the Super Bowl. He hadn't, but they paid him. Different organizations do different things. And the Dallas Cowboys, again, they want to see more of yesterday and less of what we saw previously, which was still good. Well, if they want to see more of yesterday, then, I mean, the reason why yesterday came to fruition is because their backs were against the wall, down 20-3, to three, right? They, you can't just pound the ball anymore. just can't keep feeding the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. You had to play differently. With mm-hmm. Kellen Moore's system, you had to adjust, play differently. So my thing is, moving forward, will this offense continue to sustain this type of play? This well, type of play, that's going to be a major question that we're going to be wondering about, correct? Well, now that they've gotten C.D. Lamb in the game, 
who I still say should have went out of bounds at the end there. <laughs> still but, on that. Yeah, because he's young. He got to go out of bounds, dog. He'll learn. Uh, they got Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Gallup. Those are the basic toys to play with. That has firepower. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the game, for whatever reason, Kellen Moore's situation just looks stale. It took them to fall behind for them to unleash exactly. everything. Now they could come back, regroup, watch the film, and say this is probably what we are from an identity standpoint and understand that this is how Dak operates best, is being able to get the ball to multiple receivers out in, out in space and allow them to do what they need to do. Because he was, he was superior to me. I was good with it. I, I don't want to hear them say this is probably who we are. This is who they need to be. This is who this team needs well, they, to be. They're going to run the ball too, though. I, gonna, but yeah, I can understand that. But my thing is when, when Dak is that confident, when that team exudes that, it makes it so much easier for Ezekiel Elliott to run the ball. And this could be a coming out party for the team as a whole, right? This, exactly. could, be, this could be finally that get over the hump moment where now they just start clicking and rolling, go up to Seattle, take care of business, feel, start to feel good about themselves in a division that's pretty weak. I mean, you know, the division is pretty weak. No doubt. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Much more Cowboy Talk coming up in just about 21 minutes. Bottom of the hour, 930 Eastern. We will speak to Ed Werder, who has been on the Cowboy beat for ESPN and other entities for decades. What did he see yesterday? His Cowboy expert analysis coming up at 930 Eastern when he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Jackie McMullen on the way in five minutes. She's our senior NBA insider. We'll get into all things Lakers, Nuggets. She's based in Boston. So what did the return of Gordon Hayward mean? We'll get into all of that coming mm. up in five minutes. It's just two games. But what are you seeing from Mike McCarthy that was different than what you saw from Jason Garrett? Well, I mean, we really haven't seen anything majorly different. Only, Too small only, of a sample size. Yeah, but, but you look at what happened in the Rams game. There were some decisions made that people questioned whether it was the, the push-off by Gallup where the referees gave him the offensive P.I. or it was C.D. Lamb in a formation that I thought uh, Amari Cooper on the drive route, the underneath route, should have been the go-to guy in that situation on fourth and three. That, that to me, was pretty much glaring as far as the Ram game goes. Then you go down to a double-digit uh, deficit against Atlanta, but they didn't fold. They continued to make plays, and you saw them coming late in the game. You saw it coming and coming and coming. This is a situation where now I look at it, and Dak Prescott and what he has at his disposal from an offensive weaponry decides to use these guys like they did yesterday moving forward. It'll scare the living you-know-what out of defenses <laughs> because you got Ezekiel Elliott back there. Now you got three receivers that can cook, and if you utilize them as such, people will defend you differently. It opens things up tremendously. Can, this is probably unfair to say, but I'm probably going to say it, just from being a Giants fan and watching the Cowboys and MC East pretty much my whole life, especially under Jason Garrett, who I like, and now he's obviously on our staff as an OC. But – it's interesting watching the way that Dallas came back and won those games. It just feels like those are the games that I watched Jason Garrett not come back and win. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Mike McCarthy, you got a, a great one and that it sustained this, but it just as somebody watching the division, like I would be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Jason Garrett would probably lost that one. That's normal. I, I don't see them making a miraculous comeback. I know it's not fair, just telling you how it feels. Probably would have happened that way, but I think 
one, Atlanta screwing up the onside hands team on the onside kick. Atrocious. That, Atrocious. That helped so bad. along the way. Uh, but but having the temperament to stay the course and not get rattled or derailed because you were losing. A lot of times when you're losing as bad as the Cowboys were in playing at that time, players start to really panic and look at each other, pointing fingers, and it just becomes chaotic, where it, it seemed like it was pretty much calm the entire way. So – that calm allowed them to make the comeback, but it also allowed uh, the onside kick to take place, and it also allowed them to jump on the onside kick because they didn't panic. And that calm also exudes from your quarterback who tells everybody, yo, we got this. We're going to come back. We're going to do this. Yeah, I don't want to be coming back, though, like that all the time. I agree with you. <laughs> so he hasn't seen much new in the Cowboys' offense under McCarthy. Is that proof head coach Mike McCarthy needs to take over the play calling? Kellen Moore, as you mentioned, offensive coordinator calling the plays. You might remember him, the old Boise State quarterback. Proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence for a wear test using SAE 5W30. Let's go from A to Z. And we'll begin not too far from where we're sitting in Westchester County in Mamaroneck, New York yesterday. Bryson DeChambeau won the U.S. Open three under 67 on Sunday, six under for the tournament. The only player in the field of 144 that was under par you're watching on television, he just looks absolutely jacked. The biggest story in golf this offseason, well, they have a wraparound season, so I guess there's no offseason, but the biggest story in golf has been the weight he has put on, 40 pounds of muscle. Yeah, minus six. Minus six to win it. Key, golf enthusiast. Next golf event, Key could obviously tell you that the next major, the Masters, November 12th to 15th, with Tiger looking to defend his epic 2019 title, November 12th to 15th. We'll see the first two rounds on ESPN. Congratulations to DeChambeau. Key injuries headlining week two in the NFL. The big one that's got Jay and a lot of Giants fans bummed. Adam Schefter and our Jordan Renan, who happens to cover the Giants every day of the year for ESPN, saying Saquon Barkley's got a torn ACL. That's what they're fearing. We'll wait to see exactly what goes down. Bosa, Nick Bosa, was carted off yesterday at MetLife against the Jets. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play in the second Mm. half. Solomon Thomas was hurt. Raheem Mostert, who busted it for an 80-yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage for the 49ers. He's out. The 49ers are just getting guys chopped down right and left. Last uh, Yesterday, they didn't play with Richard Sherman. George Kittle wasn't out there. All sorts of injuries. They also didn't have D. Ford out there. Debo they Samuel. still won. <laughs> they still crushed They them. dominated. <laughs> That's four guys that went down yesterday, four guys that weren't planning to play. It wasn't even close. Niners not going to have to venture too far. They'll be playing the Giants, Jays Ugh. Giants, at this stadium, MetLife Stadium, where the turf better get better before next Sunday. Well, and you still in, don't have to travel all the way back home. Yeah, the old cross-country, cross-country, cross-country. And this is a big story across the college football landscape. Deion Sanders. Prime time. Prime time. Announced on his podcast, 21st and Prime, that he's going to be the next head coach at Jackson State University in HBCU, historically black college university. He said of the move, quote, God called me to Jackson State, the Jackson Clarion Ledger, big newspaper in Mississippi, essentially transcribed that. And their AD, Ashley Robinson, the athletic director for the school, obviously the woman that made the move, quote, it's very big for Jackson State University, going on to say not only for Jackson State University, this is very big for the country right now, (laughs) very big for the state of Mississippi. So Prime leaves us in the media and he's going to become a first time key head coach. You, you know, it, it, it's so crazy, man. 
Dion, like, has so much respect amongst NFL players and and, and outside the NFL. I mean, we watched him. Some of us watched him play. Some of us played against him. And for him to get the head coaching job at, at Jackson State, you know, it's like, why not in the NFL, right? He's why not in the NFL? How come he can't just be a head coach in the NFL like they do in the NBA? Like he, Steve Kerr just gets a job in the NBA or Jason Kidd just gets a job in the NBA without any coaching experience because they trust their former players that are stars. Yeah. Unlike damn NFL. No question. He's actually inquired a couple different times at Florida State, his alma mater, who had Willie Taggart and obviously Mike Norvell. So he's expressed some interest at his alma mater, but that has been denied. He's the new head coach at Jackson State. Jackie McMullen joins us now on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, senior NBA insider, covered the league for decades. She's brought to you by Five Hour Energy. Get it done. Good morning, Jackie. Great to have you here. I guess the first thing we got to ask you coming off that Lakers game last night, what did you learn after Anthony Davis's buzzer beating win about LA? Well, that Anthony Davis is ready to be the guy when asked. I mean, uh, if I'm the Denver Nuggets, I'm just wringing my hands this morning because this is a game they should have had. LeBron, very uncharacteristically, had, I think, his poorest half in the bubble, his poorest half in maybe almost a year. And you had a chance to win this game, and you give up an offensive rebound and give them another chance. And Anthony Davis, if I'm the Nuggets, I'm like, okay, if I have to live with a follow-away three from Anthony Davis, I'll live with that. But, man, he was ice on that, just ice. Well- Jackie, question for you. Mason Plumley is guarding him. Yeah. And, it, you know, instead of chasing him around, LeBron James was just standing there. LeBron James didn't even set a screen. And it seems like, he, like, have you heard any word about why he thought that was a switch? You only switch usually when you get screened on. I have no idea, Jay. And, you know, I always wonder this about coaches, and they're all smarter than me. Believe me, they all know. They've, they've forgotten more basketball than I know, and I always preface everything I say by that. But even when they brought him in at the end of the game, I'm thinking, you know, you had five guys in the flow that went to the death with this, right? I always like to stay with those guys unless it, it's kind of like, you know, that game in, against Toronto and Brad Stevens brought in Taco Fall, who hasn't played at all to guard the inbound pass, you know, very untested uh, rookie. And I just, I, I never love that. I, I mean, if you're, the, if you're the Nuggets too, 13 offensive rebounds and also this, you miss all those free throws. Eight, you know, you miss eight free throws. So this is a game the Nuggets needed to have and really should have had. What a crushing loss for them. But, I mean, I, I give all the credit in the world to the Lakers. I, I didn't think they would um, play. I didn't think Dwight Howard would get the minutes he got. And, uh, I mean, lots of things happened in that game that surprised me. I'm glad you mentioned Dwight Howard, a guy that we got off the couch and put him in a Laker uniform. How important has he been in these playoffs for us? He's been really interesting because I think he's, um, you know, he's always teetering on being too emotional. And I, in, the, in that game last night, I kept thinking, wow, Frank's going to keep going with him because, you know, Jokic, Jokic is so nonplussed. And I thought that Jokic was getting the better of him at times. But then you forget, don't you? This dude is a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, he's an inc- even at his age, incredibly athletic, smart. He just can't let his emotions get to best of him. And I think he was trying to goad. Jokic into fouling and making mistakes, and instead it went the other way on him. Jackie, let's go to the Boston Celtics versus Miami Heat series, two uh, one mm-hmm. right now in favor of the Heat. How how imperative is it to have Gordon Hayward on the court? Obviously, his numbers weren't crazy, but his presence on the court, oh, you yeah. felt it. Right, Jay. Well, he was the most important guy on the floor for them, didn't you think? Agreed. I agree. 
because he, even though he didn't get a lot of, he didn't score a lot in, in the assist numbers, he's, he's, you know, he's a Gretzky assist guy. He makes the pass mm-hmm. that makes the great pass that gets the basket. And the other thing is, you know, when you look at the Celtics backcourt, they're small. And Gordon Hayward is big and strong and can shoot over guys. And that's something that a lot of his teammates cannot do because of their size. And so he's stronger. He's really, he's a zone buster. He's a born zone buster. So I thought he was really important. And the other one that I thought was really important and, again, did not show up in the boss score was Grant Williams. How many times did you see him sneak behind that zone? And, you know, Spo is so smart. When he plays that, that zone, he's got his bigs, his active bigs, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, active guys, big size, good hands. But that means you've got to hide your smaller guys down below on the baseline. And Grant Williams knew that and went right to the soft spot in that zone, right behind those guys on the baseline. So I thought those two guys were really important. Next up, what does Eric Spolster need to do to counter that Garden Hayward punch from a defensive standpoint? Well, I don't think the Heat played great, Keisha, in this game. That's just my, my – I mean, I think they can play a lot better. And I think that, I think that really as long as they stay active and they've got to – you, you've got to, you know, the nail, we call the nail right at the top of the foul circle. That's what you, the foul line there, that's what you got to take away. That's the first vulnerable spot. And I thought they did a great job of that in the first two games. And they, and they got away from it a little bit. If I'm the Heat, I'm not unhappy. I'm not unhappy, even though the Celtics have probably outplayed you for, I don't know, most of the series, but not when it matters. And that's why I love the Heat. They are so tough, so resilient. I mean, who's betting against Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter? I'm not. No doubt about it. He has proven himself. This postseason for him has been a coming out party of epic proportions. The series will resume on Wednesday evening. Can't wait to see what happens. And Jackie Mack, a Lakers-Celtics final would be nothing new for you. Boston's got a little work to do, but we'll see if they can get there. Really appreciate your perspective this morning. All right, guys. Have a great day. Uh-huh. Thanks, Jackie. She's one of the best. One of the best she NBA is. writers. She's been around about the All this stuff decades. that she talks about, like, I know coaches have forgotten more. Like, no, Jackie. <laughs> Jackie knows a lot. Give yourself a little basketball. credit, right? Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Ed Word or Cowboys Insider, join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin also brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So still to come, Ed Werder on the Cowboys beat for decades. What did he think about one game, just one game and one huge Falcons flub saving Dallas's season? We'll get to him. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And before we let you go, this That's is one thing Keys really wanted to talk about since we started Ooh. on the air about five weeks ago, and that is the greatness of Raider Nation and how popular the Raiders are in Las Vegas this evening on ESPN's Monday Night Football. They'll take on the New Orleans Saints, and we should mention it's going to be an epic Monday Night broadcast unlike any other because today 
is the 50th anniversary of the first Monday night football game ever played. The New York Jets, not with Key, and the Cleveland Browns played in the inaugural game September 21st, 1970. It was televised on ABC, and tonight, for the first time since 2005, if you're young enough, you're always watching Monday night football on ESPN. Tonight, it's going to be back on ABC for the first time in 15 years. It'll be on ESPN. The Killers, real popular musical group, they'll be playing halftime at the top of Caesars Palace tonight. Mm. They're going to blow it out. But key an opportunity to talk about a team that I know you've wanted to, haven't got a chance to it, but the Raiders got the attention of the sports world to themselves tonight. Well, they do. And, and they got this pretty stadium with no fans in it, but that's okay. <laughs> it's still going to be pretty. And when we get the opportunity to go visit it, we will. Uh this team has been building. I, I think, it, you know, when we first looked at the Khalil Mack trade, we all said to ourselves, they just got rid of one of the best pass rushers in NFL. And then you look up, they've drafted well. They've, they've sort of kind of answered the bell in free agency. They go on the road last week. They get a W. They're 1-0. They're taking on a New Orleans team that has to travel despite not having uh, Michael Thomas on the team this for tonight. Mm-hmm. There, there, it could be some struggles there. Um, you look at what John Gruden's been able to do, mm-hmm. and that's get guys to buy in. And I think as long as you continue to keep winning, that noise that he's selling, people will buy in. The moment that you don't win games, people will start to look and go, yeah, I don't know, maybe same old Raiders. I mean, that's just the way Raider Nation is. And But I think, though, when you look at what they have accomplished is a lot. I mean – Finding some of the players that they got, whether it's Jacobs, the running back out of the backfield, whether it's uh, Henry Ruggs they drafted last year, a young player who had a terrific game Waller, for them yeah. last Waller, year. Whether yeah, it's exactly. the, remer- the emergence of Waller coming out and everything that he's been through. Yep. It's just you, you just look at them and you just got to feel like this isn't the same old Raiders of the past. Tour duty number two for Coach Gruden there. The Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What's your biggest takeaway? I just, you know, I, I really, I'm really going to, I miss the fans already, but to be honest with you, have you ever been to a Raider game, Zubin? Yes, I've been to a Raider Bronco game uh, at the old place. I used to cover the Broncos, so going into the black hole, as they call it, was quite the experience. It's so different. It's so loud. Their fans are so insane. I love it. Raider Nation, I mean, Darth Raider, right? It's so, look, I, I'm going to miss that environment tonight. You no, know, I look forward to seeing a new arena, but I think how, how Josh Jacobs does against the Saints' run defense is going to be pretty important considering the way he played against the Panthers. And look, versus Panthers, he had 93 rushing yards on 25 carries, and um, he's a talented player. I just think ultimately how they set that up is going to be important out of the gate. Not having Michael Thomas in the lineup, though, is going to be crucial because the secondary of the, secondary of the Raiders could give up the goods. I mean, mm. they've struggled to find a, a nice nucleus of corners that kind of can mesh together in and out of the lineup, trying to just find the right guys. I know Trayvon Mullins on one side, but who's holding down the other side? Like, but So when you look at it, you look at Drew Brees and Sean Payton and what they want to do from an offensive standpoint, which is going to be interesting because John Gruden and Sean Payton pretty much share the same offense and information, mm-hmm. same formation, same verbiage. They kind of look the same. It kind of mirrors each other, although you have two different coaches calling the plays, which will help. It'll, it'll be real interesting to see if, if Sean could take advantage of the secondary, despite not having nepotism, obviously, Michael Thomas, the best receiver in the NFL on the team tonight. Well, look, the Saints are going to score, but then you worry about the Raiders too. I mean, they have banged up offensive line, so that's ultimately going to hurt them. It could down the stretch. Key's nephew, Michael Thomas. Nepotism. Yes. No doubt. Hey, I want to ask one more you, time. <laughs> <laughs> this just seems like the perfect time to ask this. What was it like 
playing on Monday Night Football? It, it was big. I mean, it was it was Monday night, the only game in town when you look at it. You you know that people are watching you. You come out there, the air is crisp. I mean, it's just perfect conditions. And don't screw it up because everybody's watching. That's all. That's that's really – and then at that time, John Madden and, and Al Michaels are walking out, you know, pregame, and they're kind of – at trying to ask you questions and Michelle Tafoya, they kind of want to ask you these questions. And so you look up and you're like, okay, they, Lisa Salters, you say, okay, they're coming over here to talk to me. They want to, they want to find out if I'm going to give them anything. You know, it's just Monday night. You grew up watching it, the yes. music, just yes. all of those sort of things. Would you give and them you anything? And you got a ball. Would you give no, them anything? Nothing. Telling them nothing. 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 I don't even want to talk to you in the pregame. Mm. What? Nothing. I'm just saying. I'm just no, asking. You don't, I don't know. I never played Monday Night Football. No, I don't you know, know what it's like. There's nothing to talk about. We already talked in the pre-production meeting. What you need to talk to me on the field, nothing's changed. What I gave you in pre-production is what I'm going to give you if you try to talk to me on the field. I'm focused in, you know. I mean, it's nothing. That's just how I was, man. I was wired different. No, I know. I was wired different. And Monday nights was, you know, that was... I did some work on Monday nights. <laughs> see, look, here it look, comes. Look, look, look. You see, wait. You see all this? You see how I started? You're like, Monday night? Eh, Monday. It was look. nothing. It was, yeah, you know what you said? He's like, yeah, now I'll put in some work on Monday night now. No, I'll put in work on Monday nights. I know you, you always so put in work, Monday, Monday, Monday nights. Saying, don't was, undersell it. Mo- Monday nights, you, you got to put it in the work. Yeah. I mean, it's just prime time. Everybody's watching. I need Zubin to talk about me on Sports Center when it's <laughs> over. I need the highlights to keep rolling. I need to be smiling with that W. I don't need to be going off the field mad. I think that's what it is right there. I mean, it's you are the game, the game, all the attention. I mean, sometimes I know it happens in basketball a lot more because there's single games, but in football, sharing a whole day on Sunday as opposed to being the game on Monday night. But the right game there. in basketball on Christmas Day, like yeah. that, that's got to be a sort of kind of like a Monday night game. Yeah, right? but you still got like seven games going on that day. But if you're the, the last game, that's true, right? That's fair. Who wins tonight? Because if the Saints win, that'll be a clean sweep for favorites. All favorites won Sunday. Go back to Thursday. What do you think? My nephew's not playing. I'm taking the Raiders. Raiders hey, to do it. Raiders. Just because your nephew is not playing. Absolutely. Okay. I'm taking the Saints. All right. One of them will be right. One of them will be wrong. We'll talk about it tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Tonight, the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football. Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow morning. The guys are going to first take. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And before we let you go, this is one thing Keys really wanted to talk about since we started on the air about five weeks ago, and that is the greatness of Raider Nation and how popular the Raiders are in Las Vegas this evening on ESPN's Monday Night Football. They'll take on the New Orleans Saints, and we should mention it's going to be an epic Monday Night broadcast unlike any other because today is the 50th anniversary of the first Monday Night Football game ever played. The New York Jets, not with key, and the Cleveland Browns played in the inaugural game September 21st, 1970. It was televised on ABC, and tonight... For the first time since 2005, if you're young enough, you're always watching Monday Night Football on ESPN. Tonight, it's going to be back on ABC for the first time in 15 years. It'll be on ESPN. The Killers, real popular musical group, they'll be playing halftime at the top of Caesars Palace tonight. Mm. They're going to blow it out. But key an opportunity to talk about a team that I know you've wanted to, haven't got a chance to it, but the Raiders got the attention of the sports world to themselves tonight. Well, they do. And and they got this pretty stadium, but no fans in it, but that's okay. <laughs> it's still going to be pretty. And when we get the opportunity to go visit it, we will. Uh, this team has been building. I, I think, you know, when we first looked at the Khalil Mack trade, we all said to ourselves, they just got rid of one of the best pass rushers in NFL. And then you look up, they've drafted well. They've, they've sort of kind of answered the bell in free agency. They go on the road last week. They get a W. They're 1-0. They're taking on a New Orleans team that has to travel despite not having uh, Michael Thomas on the team this for tonight. Mm-hmm. There, there, it could be some struggles there. Um, you look at what John Gruden's been able to do, mm-hmm. and that's get guys to buy in. And I think as long as you continue to keep winning – that noise that he's selling, people will buy in. The moment that you don't win games, people will start to look and go, yeah, I don't know, maybe same old Raiders. I mean, that's just the way Raider Nation is. And But I think, though, when you look at what they have accomplished is a lot. I mean, finding some of the players that they got, whether it's Jacobs, the running back out of the backfield, whether it's uh, Henry Ruggs they drafted last year, a young player who had a terrific game Waller, for them okay. last Waller, year. Waller, yeah, exactly. It's, the, remer- the emergence of Waller coming out and everything that he's been through. Yep. It's just, you, you just look at him and you just got to feel like this isn't the same old Raiders of the past. Tour duty number two for Coach Gruden there. The Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What's your biggest takeaway? I just, you know, I'm I, I really, really going to, I miss the fans already. But to be honest with you, have you ever been to a Raider game, Zubin? Yes, I've been to a Raider Bronco game uh, at the old place. I used to cover the Broncos, so going into the black hole, as they call it, was quite the experience. It's so different. It's so loud. Their fans are so insane. I love it. Raider Nation, me, Darth Raider, right? It's so. Look, I, I'm going to miss that environment tonight. You no, know, I look forward to seeing a new arena. But I think how how Josh Jacobs does against the Saints' run defense is going to be pretty important, considering the way he played against the Panthers. And look, versus Panthers, he had 93 rushing yards on 25 carries. And um, he's a talented player. I just think ultimately how they set that up is going to be important out of the gate. Not having Michael Thomas in the lineup, though, is going to be crucial because the secondary of the secondary of the Raiders could give up the goods. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've struggled to find a a nice nucleus of corners that kind of can mesh together in and out of the lineup, trying to just find the right guys. I know Trayvon Mullins on one side, but who's holding down the other side? Like, but so when you look at it, you look at Drew Brees and Sean Payton and what they want to do from an offensive standpoint, which is going to be interesting because John Gruden and Sean Payton pretty much share the same offense and information, mm-hmm. same formation, same 
verbiage. They kind of look the same. It kind of mirrors each other. Although you have two different coaches calling the plays, which will help. It'll it'll be real interesting to see if if Sean can take advantage of the secondary, despite not having nepotism. Obviously, Michael Thomas, the best receiver in the NFL on the team tonight. Well, look, the Saints are going to score, but then you worry about the Raiders too. I mean, they're banged up offensive line, so that's ultimately going to hurt them. It could down the stretch. Key's nephew, Michael Thomas. Nepotism, yes, no doubt. Hey, I want to ask one more you, time. <laughs> <laughs> this just seems like the perfect time to ask this. What was it like playing on Monday Night Football? Mm. It, it was big. I mean, it was it was Monday night, the only game in town. When you look at it, you you know that people are watching you. You come out there, the air is crisp. I mean, it's just perfect conditions, and don't screw it up because everybody's watching. That's all. That's that's really. And then at that time, John Madden and, and Al Michaels are walking out. You know, pregame, and they're kind of trying to ask you questions. And Michelle Tafoya, they kind of want to ask you these questions, and so you look up and you're like. Okay, they Lisa Salters. You say okay, they coming over here to talk to me. They want to they want to find out if I'm gonna give them anything. You know, it's just Monday night. You grew up watching it, the yes. music, just yes. all of those sort of things. Would you give? And them you anything? got a ball. Would you give no, them anything? Nothing. Them nothing. 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 I don't even want to talk to you in the pregame. Mm. What? Nothing. I'm just saying. I'm just no, asking. You know, I don't know. I never played Monday Night Football. No, I don't you know, know what it's like. There's nothing to talk about. We already talked in the pre-production meeting. What you need to talk to me on the field? Nothing's changed. What I gave you in pre-production is what I'm going to give you if you try to talk to me on the field. I'm focused in, you know. I mean, it's nothing. That's just how I was, man. I was wired different. No, I know. I was wired different. And Monday nights was, you know, that was – I did some work on Monday nights. <laughs> see, look, here it look, comes. Look, look, look. You see, wait. You see all this? You see how I started like Monday night? Eh, Monday, it was look, nothing. It was, yeah, you know, on the back. He's like, yeah, now I'll put in some work on Monday night now. No, I'll put in work I on Monday I know you always put in work, Monday, Monday nights. Saying, don't was, undersell it. Mo- Monday nights, you, you got to put in the work. Yeah. I mean, it's just prime time. Everybody's watching. I need Zubin to talk about me on SportsCenter when it's <laughs> over. I need the highlights to keep rolling. I need to be smiling with that W. I don't need to be going off the field mad. I, I think that's what it is right there. I mean, it's you are the game. The game. All the attention. I mean, sometimes I know it happens in basketball a lot more because there's single games. But in football, sharing a whole day on Sunday as opposed to being the game on Monday night. But the right game there. in basketball on Christmas Day, like yeah. that, that's got to be a sort of kind of like a Monday night game. Yeah, right? but you still got like seven games going on that day. But if you're the, last, big, but last, if you're the game, last game, that's true, right? That's fair. Who wins tonight? Because if the Saints win, that'll be a clean sweep for favorites. All favorites won Sunday. Go back to Thursday. What do you think? My nephew's not playing. I'm taking the Raiders. Raiders yeah, to do it. Raiders. Just because your nephew is not playing. Absolutely. Okay. I'm taking the Saints. All right. One of them will be right. One of them will be wrong. We'll talk about it. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, tonight, the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football. Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow morning. The guys are going to first take. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.